uh, we don't have much time, and while I try to gain a few seconds speaking while setting up this, um, let me warn you about two things. Uh, first of all, the good manners. Thank you for the invitation, and that's it. We don't have much time. Uh, the two things, the two warnings. Uh, the first one is that I've been uh, asked to be clear, and then I've been asked to be short. Now, a philosopher is neither clear nor short, normally. And I think that the organizer will be worried about that. So if you find this uh, to be too shallow and too brief, don't blame me. Carefully. <laughs> so um, with the final uh, uh, warning that uh, there's just a little piece of my mind which is not entirely here because of the five o'clock event, um, let me just start with uh, the rest. If anyone didn't know what the five o'clock event is, on you, because the two teams are at stake. Let me just uh, uh, give you um, a quick introduction to what I would like to say in my next 15 minutes. Now, um, as you can see, uh, Mac and Windows do not like to interact with each other. Um, it should be one single line. Uh, elegance is everything uh, in presenting something. But uh, bear with me for the lack of elegance caused by Windows. And um, I'll tell you a little bit about see and do uh, when it comes to visualization. These are the two functions that we find uh, more common in science. And then two crises, the first and the second, and a dark labyrinth out of which we managed to get uh, around the 17th century. And uh, we found that solution working very well for us, visualization-like, uh, for a long time. Uh, until recently, the second uh, crisis in the other big labyrinth, and if big reminds you of big something else, that's exactly the labyrinth in which we are, and two potential hints at how we might actually move forward. The, the hints come from two different contexts. One is um, industrial uh, production, and that's number four, and five is actually coming from uh, uh, computer games. Uh, the terminology will be explained in due time, bear with me, but that is the map, and the map will uh, uh, recur again and again. So see and do, these are, these are the two things that we really uh, like to do with visualization. These are Roman numbers, and uh, you add them moving left to right, as the Romans would, uh, not as the Arab uh, uh, numbers would look like. One apple, two apples, nine, twelve, if you have to put them twelve together, you just have to mess around with those uh, bars and X's. There is no way of doing that uh, elegantly because the visualization doesn't provide a function. It's only what you see. You see, but you cannot operate with the visualization. Now, at some point, we discover that visualizing numbers as well as working with those numbers, producing not just a language, but a calculus, and those are the two things, not just see, but do things, with, with the visualization had this wonderful effect. Uh, these are the uh, numbers that we learned when we were little. Um, they are organized in terms of powers of 10, uh, although we have forgotten that. And that's what one and two and nine and 12 apples look like. And once you have 10, you get an extra number, you put it on the left-hand side. You've forgotten, but actually that's the way in which you read you know, some text from the right to the left. That's the way we read numbers, from the right to the left in honor of our Arabs uh, who actually discovered this. Now, and that's the last implementation. Once you do not know how to read numbers, but all you can see is high or low uh, voltage, presence or absence of a little hole somewhere, well, you get uh, the visualization plus the function with digit uh, in question. Now, if you keep this in mind, 
and I know it's a bit of a shock, but it's rather simple. In other words, visualizing and functioning. What's the crisis that we did uh, encounter some time ago? That's the last line, the dark libraries. Two lines intersected in the 17th century. The book crisis, lots and lots and lots of books all of a sudden. People were not used to that. And the mathematization of nature. Lots and lots and lots of facts to take that into account. Someone uh, had the idea of putting those two things together and talk about nature <coughs> as a book. Until then, however, if you read what's written there, mathematics was geometry. Now, it's surprising that someone like Galileo thought that mathematics was written in triangles, circles, and other geometrical figures, because that's not the way we see it today. Today, we talk about mathematics and we immediately think of numbers. But until then, people thought in terms of geometrical figures. The reason why we don't see the world written in geometrical figures anymore, but in terms of numbers, big numbers, big data, is because someone managed to get us out of that dark labyrinth. And it was a genius, a genius that we remember every time we use something called the Cartesian coordinate system. Monsieur Descartes had the amazing Nobel Prize idea of transforming geometry into algebra. Visualization became something that all of a sudden was not only a way of representing facts, but also of a way of manipulating facts. You don't have calculus, you don't have statistics. In fact, you don't even have most of the graphs in The Economist these days without those two nice lines intersecting. And uh, of course, you can uh, multiply the functions. And all of a sudden, not only you have a visualization that uh, helps you to find the definition of a point as two numbers, really the x number and the y number, but you also find a way of representing dynamic transformations as in, so say, growth or a wave or a solid. And uh, that is the way out of the first crisis. We got out of the book plus mathematizational nature by developing the Cartesian coordinates. Now, that story uh, goes a little bit further because uh, we did encounter recently a second crisis. Not only we had all the books and uh, stuff around, but now we have the big data. And uh, the big data, actually, uh, there is a representation of how much uh, of big data we have around and how much more we will have. Uh, is, you know, there's no limit in terms of thermodynamics, intelligence, memory. We're going to have more and more of that. And uh, the problem with big data is small patterns. You have to identify what all those little numbers mean to you. And unless you have a way of connecting them, you don't recognize what most of us, not everybody, will tell is a telephone. The younger will probably not know what that is. Um, so how are we coping with the second crisis? In the first crisis, the book and the manifestation of nature gave rise to the Cartesian axis and that beautiful construction. How are we dealing with this? And this is a classic Excel visualization uh, uh, product. And if you click on those uh, columns, line, pi, bar, area, scatter, other, you know what you find. The Cartesian axis, one way or another, still there, you know, doing all the work. In other words, we, we don't have that breakthrough that Descartes provided in the 17th century. We're still waiting for a Descartes to come up with something that is as powerful as the Cartesian axis where at the time for us today. There are a few exceptions, of course, the pie chart and some uh, mapping of uh, geographical location, geotagging and so on, uh, world clouds, but there's nothing 
compared to what we need in order to deal with big data, compared to the former problem when the first crisis was quote unquote solved by the Cartesian axis. So you have a bit of an equation such as first crisis, the Cartesian coordinates, <coughs> second crisis, what? Well, the what is hard to uh, guess, but that's probably why uh, we need uh, a bit of inspirations. And here are my two suggestions. They need a little bit of background, and luckily we still have a bit of time. Um, first of all, if you read carefully, uh, at the bottom you find uh, time, 2003, 2020, sometime between 2003 and 2010, there were more connected devices around than us. If you look at the uh, top, uh, that's the world population, going from 6.3 billion to 7.6 billion. We're growing, but not as quickly as the connected devices, 500 to 50 billion, which results in to something like 6.58 connected devices per person, which means that we are a sort of disappearing communicating species on this planet. If anyone comes from Mars and wants to know who is talking to who, and therefore to whom, or rather to what you should be visualizing the data, well, surely to your devices, rather than those few human beings who are still talking natural languages, which is the first uh, reason why we have these things. Now, this is a first-generation um, uh, barcode, which still has Wikipedia written under it for humans to understand. This is a second generation. You cannot read it. It doesn't matter. It's not for your eyes. And this is a third generation. Again, you cannot read it. And it says, in plain English, Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. What's the story? What's the lesson to be learned here? Is that perhaps a lot of visualization should not be done with humans in mind. There might be a lot of visualization of data for scientific purposes that will be there in order to be processed by machines. In which case, we might have to take a different direction. Of course, at the bottom uh, and at the end of the line, there are humans anyway. But in the middle, if you have to move x from x to y something, well, this could be as good as anything else. And there's a second lesson in the last uh, five minutes uh, left, uh, just about, yeah. which is um, from the uh, computer game industry. This is Mass Effect 3, 2012, third-person shooter, and is a very old way of representing data. Is diegetic. In other words, you sit, the player inside the game doesn't sit. Look at the bottom left uh, where you're told what weapon is used, the life expectancy of the player, etc. It's on the screen why the player, the characters are acting. This is Dead Space 3, 2013. Again, a third-person shooter. You don't see any data presented to you. It's just a, a bit of color, and that is the life expectancy of that character. It means that the information has been embedded. In other words, you don't uh, see it, you just live it through. And that's the difference between the data visualization as mass affecting reality, uh, old style, uh, non-diegetic, uh, Google Glasses, or death spacing. In other words, transforming reality, which show the big data straight at you while being embedded within that particular context. And that, if you want to know more, is possibly part of a book that is available in the following days. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you.